Throughout my life, I've been a an amateur everything. Amateur chef, amateur... Actually, not amateur. I should say a frustrated. Frustrated chef, frustrated physician, frustrated uh, physicist, frustrated uh, psychologist. Specifically, behaviorist. Not, not, not a treating uh, psychiatrist or psychologist, but somebody who has studied and is fascinated by how people react in terms of their collective behavior. And the crowd, ochlocracies, this this terrible tragedy of, you've heard about this, this, um, apparently there was this uh, disaster in uh, uh, Korea, South Korea, where there was this, I guess, what would you call it? Just this the huge um, surge of humanity uh, killed in this crowd crush. It reads, uh, CNN says at least 26 foreign nationals and 14 from 14 countries were killed in this. Uh, it's just this this movement. And by virtue of the movement and the momentum and the danger and and how it happens. And there have always been surges. Obviously, there have been stampedes and tramplings. But what fascinates me is the crowd. What brings people together, especially on the eve here of of Halloween and how, especially in New York, you've, you haven't lived so you've seen Halloween. And I am so fascinated by what motivates the crowd, the murmurations that we see, like in the cases of starlings and the like. I want to discuss that with you, my enlightened friend. But first, oh yes, first, a word from our sponsor. Silver demand will exceed supply again this year. 32,000 tons of silver will be produced against 34,000 tons of demand. Mining.com, an online-only news site covering the global mining and metals industry, sourced the data. This proves what Noble Gold Investments has long warned the market about. U.S.'s transition to renewable energy will put pressure on silver production. Silver is used in solar cells, industrial fabrication, and the automotive industry. There will be a future increase in demand in the field of nanotechnology, the food industry, and printed and flexible electronics. Demand will increase by 54% by 2030. There is no better time to invest with Noble Gold Investments than now. Noble Gold Investments will walk you through the entire process, and it will take you no more than five minutes to open a gold or silver IRA. And this month, you'll get an incredible free three-ounce silver American virtue coin with a qualified IRA of $20,000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. Call the team now at 877-646-5347 to find out more or visit noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Remember, there is always a risk of loss, and past performance is not indicative of future results.
I don't know where I was. I don't know when it was. But I can recall, as long as I can remember, being fascinated by seeing huge, or as we say in Hell's Kitchen, huge swaths, huge movements, swarms, hordes, passels, murmurations of starlings flying in this orchestrated, beautiful choreograph. It looks almost like a Rorschach test or a punctuation marks flying across the the sky. Just incredibly fascinating. Fascinating. How did they stay in touch? How did they stay coordinated? Why are they doing it? It has been posited, because you can't really speak to the birds, but I mean, you can speak to them, they don't really respond, but it's been posited that Energy is somehow maintained, almost like drafting. It can create, in the mind of predators, a different style, a swath, if you will, of, of movement that is larger. Maybe it would, it would be rather uh, imposing this mass as opposed to, oh, look, uh, an assemblage of easily chomped, you know, birds or whatever, but, but no. Who knows? No, no one knows. Not, not all birds do this. Some do. But it's called a murmuration. I love that term. By the way, there's something called the rule of seven, which was uh, suggested. This is where each bird has basically uh, three birds in front and three below, in essence. And each one follows the other one. So you never see one bird take off and lose direction. It's this wonderful movement. Think about how we work in terms of crowds as well, in terms of teams. Now, that's more tribal. That's more, that's a very atavistic thing about being a part of a team through identification. And here's the issue that really comes into play regarding humans. We have an individual identity, an individual person that we identify with, us, us, the American or the New Yorker or the whatever it is, whatever your party is or whatever you speak or wherever you're from, you have some type of an ident- self-identification, a view, and maybe using descriptives to kind of describe you as being the focus, you as being the center of this group. And then later on, and this is important, and then later on, in a different iteration of this, then you are looked at as being a part of a bigger group. And you lose your identity as you are a part of this amalgam. You're not you anymore. You are part of this group. And with that comes, talk about uh, generation of uh, uh, new forms of identification, you can lose individual responsibility and the like because of the fact that, hey, look, it's not me, it's them. Think about the old situations of, of yore when you would hear about people who would meet and all of a sudden yell a jump at some poor soul on a ledge threatening um, suicide, like the Dirty Harry episode. Think how all of a sudden people who normally are... are 
heartwarming and, and God-fearing and loving, would, when lost in this group, turn ferocious and actually yell and chide and, 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 and um, um, invite this tragedy, this horror. Think about that. Think about how people throughout history have done the most despicable of behaviors who have said, it's not me, I'm following orders, I'm, I'm, merely, I'm merely a cog in this wheel, I, don't look at me, uh, your, your beef is not with me, but with the, the organizers of this, this horrible uh, event, they're the ones who... It's, it gives us a wonderful sense of absolution or ablution, as we wash our hands of it. It's not me. Look, I'm wearing a uniform. I don't even have any identification. I just follow orders. So it's 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 provides a particular cover. Interestingly enough, as Gustave Le Bon, who was the father of crowds and the psychology of crowds, as he and others have posited, let me turn this down, by the way. Um, oh, look. It's 11-11 when I'm doing this. That always makes me happy. I don't know why. I love 11-11. When I look at it, oh, so many times I'll look at a clock, it's 11-11. And somebody told me, that's someone that you love who has passed on talking to you. I just love 11-11. I always have. Don't ask me why. And it's interesting how I always happen to be alerted to that particular time. I'm sure others as well that I haven't paid attention to. But I digress. Let's look at this other aspect of the mob, the ochlocracy. Mob rule sometimes can be a wonderful thing. For example, it's been shown repeatedly that in the case of, let's say, a car that's turned over where somebody has been pinned, uh, people who, have, who don't even know each other will come out of wind, uh, doors and uh, uh, shops and buildings and meet working collectively to move, to remove this overturned car, let's say. They didn't know each other. They didn't, they didn't converse. They didn't vote on this. But that collective group actually benefited positively. So it can be a good thing. It's not always a swarm or a horde. But think about also the words for schools, schools of fish and hordes and murders of crows and groups. There's, there's, there's groups of them. But, but the idea when something amasses. I've loved bees, the studies of hives and ants. And I, I, I love inter-coordinated groups of people whose individuality is lost in view of the the big uh, picture, if you will, if that makes any sense. This, this, you know, losing ourselves. I'm fascinated right now as we speak, as the World Series is going full tilt. Phillies and Astros and teams and individuals enjoying it individually, but enjoying a bigger means of collective excitement in the group, the passel, the murmuration. What group are you in? What group do you define yourself as being in? I live in New York. My wife and I live here. If you ever want to feel individually, whatever, but then a part of an anthill, just go to any tall building and just look around you. 
There's eight, nine million people. It's five boroughs. There's more. Brooklyn itself, one borough would be the fifth largest city or something. I mean, the enormity. Going to the subway at, at rush hour, you, you'll feel like a red blood cell, like a corpuscle flying through these arteries. That can be daunting. That can destroy you. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I, and I don't like crowds, but that's a different experience. And I can't tell you the difference why a crowd bothers me, but that doesn't. Sometimes I'll feel mobbed. If I'm in a, a restaurant or someplace and people are too close to me or if I'm in a party, and it's just, I don't like it. But I can be in a swell of humanity and think nothing of it. It's, that's equally fascinating to me. And what would it be like if you could remove yourself or people who live in areas where there may be in their group three people, four, five people. It's all they ever see. They, they, there is no ma. There is no swath of humanity. There are no murmurations or schools or passels. Or, what does that do? How does that affect your psyche when you are never, when everything you do is based upon your soul singularity? I, I, I always marvel at every aspect of the crowd. And in this particular case, I think about when crowds turn into riots, turn into um, uh, an avalanche of humanity, how, how they can become crushed and they can lose direction and pend and... And uh, it, it's like the, the bulls at Pamplona. Pamplona. I, I, I don't understand that one at all. But, but, but moving in these in these huge swaths. I mean, most of the time it doesn't. It doesn't end tragically, thank God. And they started off just wanting to have fun, just wanting to be a part, wanting to celebrate, and just. I'll let you think about that part. But I love, and I'm fascinated by the psychology of groups, whether on a human level, animal level, from an ethological point of view, or human psychology. And you'll find, as in most cases, the stuff that happens around you on a regular basis, if you look at it the right way, it will captivate you. Go to a mall. Just sit and look. Guess who they are. Guess why they're there. Why is this family here and this man alone. What are they doing? Where are they going? Also, when you go to a mall, anytime there's any kind of merchandise, do as my wife says. Always look to see if they have bags. Commerce. Who's buying something? How's the economy doing? I've spoken enough. If you look around at what you see is what is right in front of you, you will find often, more often than not, that the world as presented to you is fascinating. Now, if you like this, please indicate by liking such. Please subscribe to the channel. And I would love to hear your thoughts, your comments, your observations as you comment as you see fit.